Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik, day two at the Super Bowl. We're already leaking fuel. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. here. We got a great show for you guys. We are presented by 1-800-Flowers.com, DraftKings' official flowers for Valentine's coming up very soon. Got a fun one for you today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us that five-star rating. And remember, this week we are coming at you live from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Normally, you can hear us 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Our show from today will be replayed tomorrow right. in that 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern slot where you normally get us today. Fun one, as we mentioned, Aaron Schatz from FTN, FTN going to join us here at the end of the hour. Stu Gotts oh from the Dan God. Levitard Show going to wow. help us kick off hour yeah. number two, as well as a little bit of local Vegas flavor. Jacoby Myers and Aiden O'Connell, both Las Vegas Raiders, on behalf of the folks at Bounty. So fun one there, Dad. But uh, you and I both got to take in Super we Bowl did. opening night last night. I'll beat in very different ways. Yeah, we did. This is the, the one part. And, and boy, a lot. A lot of people showed up, open to the public out in the stands that they were at Allegiant. I uh, was at yeah at the stadium. Uh, I, I always look forward to this. I'm not not sure what what the mob gets when you have all the reporters around one player. It's more if you can get a one on one like you did with some of the players, and I got to talk to them before they went out there for Westwood One in the coverage uh, Sunday during the game. So yeah, it's it, it, to see some of these guys up close and personal. We're going to talk about. Man, there's some big guys. I mean, yeah, some big old boys. Smokes. There's yeah. some horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there. guys, guys, I'm afraid of. Very much afraid of here. It was a great scene. It was at the stadium. It was fully packed. We heard a very pro 49ers crowd really booing was. Travis yeah. Kelsey yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs at a couple of junctures in here. And as Dad mentioned, we got a chance to catch up and check in with some of the players that were making their way around the stadium here. Here's a quick look at a little bit of Super Bowl opening night through our lens. All right, we're out here at Allegiant Stadium, Super Bowl opening night. 49ers are here, Chiefs are here, Taylor Swift's boyfriend's here. We're going to try and catch up with all of them and see what's going on before the big game. I guess just first off, first reactions to being here opening white night, what's it been like? I've been a blessing, man. What's it been like watching everything that's gone on with Kristen since the Taylor Swift moment and everything that's happened since? It's, it's been so awesome, man. It's been so, so awesome. I'm so proud of her. And she made you a piece before. She may have one coming up this Sunday. So. All right, we're going to keep an eye out for that one. All right, it's just us talking here. Are we going to get you under center at all during this one? Have you gone to 
giving one of those cocktail napkin plays to Andy for this game. I know, right? We still got another week. Maybe I got to go get in his ear a little bit. <laughs> exactly. It's about that time. You mentioned you had Smuckers in the locker room here. Are we talking Uncrustables, an actual homemade PB&J? What are we working with? Yeah, Uncrustables, uh, grape jelly. Uncrustables. Grape jelly. All right, a man of great taste. Understandable, not surprised there. Travis and Taylor, obviously, the store on the other side. But Kyle Juszczyk, Christian, we saw him in the replies, hyping up his wife everywhere. What's the nicest thing you've done for your wife or that she's done for you? I bought her a car for Christmas. It's pretty nice. Not, not bad. Not, that's pretty nice. Can't complain about it, you know? There you go. All right, hey, listen, that's husband of the year stuff right there. All right, so as many of you are probably aware of by now, this game is a sequel to the game played four years ago between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs that the Chiefs won. So we wanted to go around and ask a bunch of the guys getting ready to play in this game what their favorite sequel of all time is. Have you seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yes, I have. I mean, that popped right in my mind. Two Towers and Return of the King, I mean. This came out Equalizer, Denzel oh, yeah. Washington, okay. one of my favorites. Which, which is the best Lord of the Rings movie among the three? I. The Fellowship and the Return of the King, I go back and forth with. I love the first one, but that third one, I think just capping it all off and the ending was so awesome. I think, third, yeah, probably the third. How about a, you? A man of great taste. I'm a Two Towers man myself. The battle at Helm's Deep prior to Battle of the Bastard, the largest on-screen fight in history. Unbelievable, yeah. So when Gandalf appears on that ridge, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. That's when, it, that's when you really know. <laughs> Are, are you kidding me? The boys. Are you kidding me? The boys are okay. You and Joe Tooney t talking and chopping it up about Lord of the Rings. Can I tell you the other one that wasn't shown there, Kyle Juszczyk, who we talked to there yeah. about his wife, Kristen, and her line of clothes, yeah. the partnership with the NFL. We asked him that same question. Did not even wait a second. Pitch perfect, too. Oh, no, I did like that. Absolute I did like hero that ball yeah. out of yeah. him. We got that one, Blake Bell, who we talked to there, right, the tight right. end, former Oklahoma Sooner. <laughs> now they're also threw out there, after my own heart, him and his wife just got done for the first time in his life watching the entire Harry Potter franchise. Really? On movies. So wow. Really eclectic taste. I was very impressed by that group. I, I like uh, Drew Tranquil talking about the Equalizer because I just watched Equalizer 3. I figured as much. Well, it was, was okay. was okay. You know, not not the finest, but it's Denzel Washington starting his stopwatch and before he kicks everybody's ass. So how do you not watch it? Exactly. A pretty yeah. tried and true formula yeah. Yeah. in the way that we've seen the John Wick uh, you, franchise you, be successful. You know with. what? You and Joe look like you guys could have talked for days about a, 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 a series that I would rather stick pencils in my eyes and th sit through because they're so long. Which I don't want to derail us too much here, but your inability to see past your own misconceptions about the Lord of the Rings franchise. You're a guy that loves Game of Thrones. Yeah. You're no stranger to fantasy that's also got yeah. a bunch of political undertones to it. It makes no sense why you reject this I, one but accept the other. I know. I get it. But that's the other thing you do, and I don't know if you asked Joe Tooney if he did as well. Do you deep dive? Like, you, you deep, I don't deep you, dive after anything. I'm an inch deep and a mile wide. I watch the movie or I watch the show, and I go about my business. I don't care the whys of everything happening. It's just if we talk about the movie when it's done, for you, that is a bridge too far. As soon as you are done with the movie, movie unless you are getting ready to say how awesome it was to somebody that's as much as you want to talk about it apparently i hope you might have had more substantive conversations because while we were out there clanging yeah. and banging in the crowds yeah. out there trying to make it happen you're on the call for westwood one with this game you guys got access to these guys behind the scenes here so what was that like in a little more intimate setting so for the chiefs who got there first i got to talk to at a one-on-one -on -one setting uh nick bolton uh the linebacker yep. for the chiefs third year in the league Second Super Bowl, Decent. I mean, seriously. And Chris Jones, the, you know, incredible D lineman, eighth year, fourth Super Bowl. What was that like <laughs> for you seeing Chris Jones? Because I always comment when I see offensive linemen, guys that are so much bigger and better than I ever was at my position and the way it makes me feel. You played D-tackle in the NFL for nine years. Chris Jones obviously has been eight years in four Super Bowls. What was that experience uh, like? It's like, it's like. The only thing that could be said about us is the DL after our name. Sure. That's the only commonality there is. Because the, the fun thing about doing those one-on-ones is before you do them, you end up talking to them kind of off mic and uh -huh. just kind of shooting the breeze. And the one thing I was, I was telling Chris that I was so happy to see, kind of like we talked about um, – um, uh, the the D lineman from Baltimore, Matabike. Oh, Justin Matabike, yeah. And, and what he did, sure. where he was in the last himself. year, his rookie deal, Baltimore offered him an extension in the training camp, and he bet on himself, and he's going to win for over 20 mil. And I said to Chris, I said, dude, great move. 
one-year yeah. deal full of incentives, and he hit a bunch of those as we were talking about the end of the season, hit him, and now he's a free agent. And we talked about the big gap of like an Aaron Donald at $31 million, and then I think the next was maybe Christian Wilkins or whoever the next deep Christian tackle. Wilkins will be up. He's up for a contract uh, extension up. after but, this but season. Some, the next was at like $24 Jeff, million. Jeffrey Simmons, a bunch so, yeah. of those guys that are right and, in that and range. There, there was that big gap, and Chris Jones is going to close that. Chris yes. Jeff. Chris Jones is going to be in that $30 million area. I mean, the versatility of him playing inside and playing outside, at least I think he'll be up near that area uh, of Aaron Jones uh, after making about 19 mil this year. But but we chatted about that and then certainly about the Super Bowl. And, and the thing that I like talking about, especially with a guy like him, who is his trajectory is Hall of Fame. Sure. And on the other side, I talked to Trent Williams and Fred Warner. Yeah. Fred Williams is already in. Yes, the Trent, Hall of yeah, Fame. Trent is he a is, walk-in Hall of Famer, no doubt about exactly it. Exactly right. Was how the greats, because I got to play with one of the greatest of all time and Reggie White and see him prepare. He's a guy that literally could have done nothing and walk on the field and beat everybody, but that's not what the greatest do. They still yeah. put the work in behind the scenes. And to hear Chris Jones and hear Trent Williams talk about what they do yeah. in their preparation you know, to, uh, to to get on the field and be as great as they are is incredible. One of the things I, I talked to Chris Jones about, I mentioned this the other day, in the playoffs alone, playoffs alone he was double-teamed 49 times. Sure. In 2022 against San Francisco, he was double-teamed 20, double 22 times. And I said, how do you how do you beat that? How, how do you practice beating double-teams? Sure. You know, you don't really work on And he said a lot of it is mental. A lot. He said a lot of it is the mental work on prep of watching a team and how they block double teams. Sure. Am I going against a guard to tackle? Am I going against a tackle at a tight end? Or am I waiting for a back to possibly chip me? Just to hear him break that down. And he said, I'm always looking for the one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, even in this game, if my one-on-one -on -one is against Trent Williams, so be it. Sure. At least I know I'm in one-on-one -on -one and may the best man win. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting talking to him about that. And then, you know, I'll start with those two. That Talking to Trent uh, – go ahead. Trent, well, I was going to say, Trent Williams was one we got to talk to on the outside too. So I'm curious what you heard from him because we talked about him a lot about what you just described, what you see in other all-time greats. What do you appreciate as someone who's done and accomplished as much as he has when you're watching another guy? And I thought it was a really interesting answer and really applies to both teams in this game. When you get to be teams this great, when you've got the playmakers all over the field that we're talking about in this game between Debo Samuel and Kittle and CMC on one side and Chris Jones and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and certainly Trent Williams, he said, I like to watch where guys are willing to take chances. Because he said, there's a bunch of stuff that you're not coached to do but you as the player know through thousands of reps through all those moments the ESP relationship that we talk about with Travis Kelsey and right. Mahomes where you're willing to go rogue because you trust yourself enough and your preparation enough to go out there and take those chances and it's the kind of analysis that only a guy who also is fit to wear a gold jacket yeah. largely yeah. because he takes those chances and does things most others can't or won't was fascinating. One of the first things he mentioned when I talked about this game is he brought up Chris Jones. Yeah. He's like, you know, when you, he goes, when you, he said, the one thing about it is when you got a guy like that, I don't even need to hear the call. I know exactly where the line's sliding. Yes. You know, he said, you know exactly what's going to happen, and they're sliding to, to, to Chris Jones. But just hearing him talk, Mike, of the joy. 14th year in the league, he's, he's got every, about every accolade that you can get. Yep. Plus, he plays with a physicality that I just wanted to immediately buy him a drink to be on my side and be a friend of mine. You want to you try and make sure you're bribing him so he doesn't whoop your ass. With, it's exactly okay, right. Yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. To, to hear him now talk about this is his first Super Bowl. And, and he said, during my career, I thought to myself, well, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and do what I can do on the field, but I'm never going to get to a Super Bowl. And he goes, and here I am. And this is, you know, uh, he well, joined Kyle Shanahan yeah. again. They were together in Washington when, when Kyle was the OC there. But he goes, yeah, I kind of, you know, reserved myself to the, the probable fact that I wasn't going to make a Super Bowl. Go, so he said, I'm really enjoying this you know and he goes I obviously have people on the team to talk to who had just been there sure. a few years ago about the process he goes because I've never been through this process he goes I only know how to prepare for myself but now this is different it, he goes the two weeks isn't different because we get by weeks but he said just how the schedule changes for you is something that we as players because as I've always said we're when you're a player you're an itinerary person everything's yeah. and that is gets thrown out the window he said 
said it's just getting used to that. And he said the biggest thing is that everybody always says is just just get to the game. Yeah. Just get to the game. And for Trent, he's a guy that's <clears throat> overcome health scares in his career. Yeah. He yeah. had the bout with cancer and all of the challenges where he thought he might not even play again to get to this point where, like you said, <laughs> consistency it's the thing every player every coach is trying to hunt during this time period and we've seen and heard so many of the lengths we've experienced it as players that coaching staffs will go to try and make this as normal as possible for both of these teams and staffs they're fortunate to have a lot of guys that have coaches that have all been through this process that can give them the best chance at how they structure it but it's interesting to see how everyone responds when all of a sudden that goes out the window there was a lot of conversation in the last couple of days about the grass there yes about the grass at the practice facility. So out here in practice, the Kansas City Chiefs are using the Las Vegas Raiders practice facility, and the 49ers are using UNLV's practice facility that they said was a little bit softer than they anticipated. The NFL has a rating scale for the hardness and firmness. Usually it's up in the 70s for right. a field, this one down in the 50s. So, Dad, was that something that got talked about by 49ers players or anyone there last night that you heard and their response to No, that? because the, the, you wait till the – because I ran into this when I was on the, on the field last year doing the game for Westwood One and watching the teams warm up in Phoenix because there's two stadiums that roll in natural grass. Yep. Arizona and Las Vegas. And let me tell you, as I was standing there watching – DBs slip and kick up chunks of grass last year. Last year before that Super Bowl, I was like, wow, you know, this gra and it was awful. So now the thought it well, you're not gonna know because they're not practicing on the the, the turf that's gonna be used in the Super yeah. Bowl. That's gonna get rolled in on game day. So they were all about we have to wait. We have to wait until we get on the field to see how it's going to be and see what cleats we're going to need. So that's going to be a need to know, just like it was last year. And, man, you had guys changing cleats last year sure. because of the turf. So we'll, I'll be out down there again this year, obviously, when they're warming up and just kind of watch and see if chunks are going to be taken but out. But as far as the preparation for this week, because we heard the reports that the 49ers right, weren't right. happy about this, how big of a factor is that in the lead-up when you're trying to have these creatures of habit well, get ready in a new environment I like mean, this? I at this point, nobody's gotten hurt, so they're, they're happy about that. And I'm sure if there's any kind of issue at all, again, nothing is nothing is really going full speed this week anyway. Sure. So I think that's a big thing. You're, you're, not, you're not torquing at full speed on the turf. So I don't think that's a big issue right now. Let me get quickly to the linebackers I talked to. Nick Bolton from the Chiefs, who has been a tackling machine for them, and Fred Warner. Here's the interesting thing about these two guys. When you talk about the passing games for both teams – you talk about tight ends in the middle of the field. Nick Bolton is the third-ranked linebacker as far as passer rating against him, the third lowest, third yeah. best at Third it. best cover linebacker in terms of you passer You know who number rating. one is? It's Fred, Fred Warner. Warner. <laughs> so these two guys, yeah. when they're in coverage, I'm going to be real interested to see how they cover, whether it's man or zone, in the middle of the field. And then let me just end on this because I can appreciate this very much, good-looking people. They're all fine-looking Young men, okay? Sure. Fred Warner. Yeah. Fred Warner. Fred. Not only is a great player, Freddy. all pro linebacker, uh -huh. best middle backer in, in the league, okay? He is unbelievable to the, in media in, in talking and explaining things. He could slide into this job right now and be great in how he breaks things down and just has a conversation back and forth. And he is so good looking. Wow. I, I am telling you. Fred my, Warner, underrated handsome. I'm telling huh? you. So the comparison I'm going to make okay. is oh. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, the cast, Shamar Moore. Oh, Shamar Moore, yeah. Shamar I'd... Moore. Put put Fred Warner's hair on Shamar Moore, who is bald. Yes. Put Fred Warner's hair, and, and, and there he is. Wow. That's, I mean, I mean, that's one of the nicest things you could say about any person. Shamar Moore is like a top three handsome person I, alive. I don't mean I'm not saying the other three I talked to weren't. It sounds like you're saying they're they, a little bit they, uglier than no, him. No, no. They're, they're, Fred Warner, listen, could, could if he stopped playing football and wanted to be a model, could do it. Hubba hubba. Could do it. All right. There I you saw, go. Well, I was, yeah. For everyone doing this job, Fred, yeah. keep tackling yeah. people. Yeah. We don't need yeah. you getting up in the space here trying to take anybody's job. The first thing my producer for Westwood One said when we finished the interview is he looked at Fred and he said, as soon as you're done playing, you're going to take his job and pointed at me. I'm like, dude, what are you, yeah, what what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? I'm excited. I'm yeah. here for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I get to do this and cover all this. You're you trying got, to 
ball bat my knees out from under me. Got me getting ousted, but luckily Fred has got a lot more years in the league. So I was going to say, okay. I feel like yeah. while this is an exciting opportunity yeah. that's been presented to him, I think the financials associated with so. it are only yeah. slightly different. Yeah. So he might want to keep tackling people for a little while longer. So uh, it, it was that kind of exciting to see these guys in the ramp up. And, Dad, everyone we talked about here, I think the number one takeaway I had from Super Bowl opening night, considering – We've talked about this being a rematch. We've talked about this being two teams that have been perennial Super Bowl contenders for the iterations of these rosters right now. Everyone seemed very comfortable. Yes. Like all of these guys in a situation where it's lights, it's fans, it's these crowds, it's all the media asking you any number and variety of questions here. Every guy, when we looked at, especially the veterans, the guys that are the right. core of this roster, they all seemed so at ease with this moment because so many of them had experienced right. it before. Right. Some guys had experienced it as a part of the other team the last right. time around oh, when they played. I think there's, what, four or five players that, were, yeah. that have been on both teams. But you're right. So guys that have experienced were comfortable. And then they, for those that haven't, they were able to talk to those players about what to expect. And we all know the, the last week, get, get the ticket situation all squared away yes. and all that and be and have the game plan is all in. And this week, it's just about tweaking and staying healthy. And, and basically, we haven't seen it much lately, but staying out of trouble. Exactly. <laughs> no, uh, being able to avoid that yeah. in this city, yeah. considering what's on the line, very important. Coming up next, want to get to a couple of comments from the commissioner last night. And the most important interaction I had at Super Bowl opening night next. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik live here from Radio Row, Las Vegas, Nevada, ahead of Super Bowl 58. We are presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. And, Dad, we talked a lot about opening night last night at the NFL, the media all gathered around all these players. You're seeing a bunch of guys in there. You got to be up close and personal with a lot of these dudes. We were outside, a lot of us taking video, trying to chat with some of these guys. And... <clears throat> I didn't want to bring this up off the top and oh, necessarily boy. make it sound like I was bragging or anything. I didn't want to make this out to be too much. but uh, This has to do with, uh, with uh, Taylor Swift, doesn't it? Uh, Taylor's boyfriend, actually, oh. who apparently is a dear friend of mine here. We were all watching last night. I think we have footage of the dap scene around the world right now. So, I mean, look at the longing in Travis's eyes, looking at his good friend, Mike Golick Jr., the bear hug right there. That's six degrees of Taylor Swift for me right there that I'm very comfortable with. I didn't get the only thing I regret is with everything in me. I was trying to resist the urge to ask him, have you heard any of the tracks off the new album that she just announced? We did hear, by the way, the answer is yes, he has heard some of the tracks and they are awesome. So did the tortured poets department coming out April 19th. Travis got a little bit of right there, but you saw that. I mean, you got you saw the love and friendship in that moment. It's incredible. I'm so happy you didn't ask him that. So happy. And real quick before I have to burst your bubble, Travis Kelsey is one of the starters or starters on both team that played in Super Bowl 54 were starters and Mahomes, Kelsey, um, was it uh, um, Austin Reader as well, uh, uh, McCole Hardman, and Chris Jones for the 49ers, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, who is a monster, by the way. When I was talking to Trent Williams, Eric Armstead was there. We were all talking together. Wow. Fred Warner and then Dre Greenlaw as well. Now, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I just feel I should let you know. Before they went out to the public, sure. that, that's when we were, we were able to interview them. And I, I didn't do the interview with... Uh, with Travis Kelsey, but 
as he walked by to do his interview, we locked eyes, and he said, hey, go with Northeast Ohio, you know, both from Cleveland. Sure, area. yeah. We, we did the thing. We did the hug and, and quick chat, you know, very quick chat. I didn't bring up uh, Taylor Swift at all. And I said, listen, when you go out there, if you, my nah, son say, comes nah. up, Nah. I said, can you act like you know him? Nope, see. I mean, just kind of dap him up and, and. It's sad how jealous you are of what we have. <laughs> honestly, you just, you, you can't even for a moment conceive of it. It's honestly, that's, uh, that's ugly of you. I, th I expected better from well, you. I, I, listen. Sad. You're old enough to hear the truth of things at times, and how you digest it is up to you. That's all I'm going to say. You know what? Digesting in a segment presented by DiGiorno seems Boom. like the absolute right thing that we should do. Let's digest some of what we heard from the commissioner yes. last night. Roger Goodell had his annual State of the Union. A little bit smaller, more intimate yep. setting this year. A little more comfortable, relaxed version of the commissioner here. And one thing that came up is something that you and I have disagreed on vehemently oh. for a while now. And it is Roger Goodell in the pursuit of global football. <laughs> they announced that the Philadelphia Eagles would kick right. off next season Friday night in Brazil to start the year. And it spoke to the larger plan that Roger Goodell has for the sport. Here he was talking about the globalization of football. We are convinced we can be a global sport in the near future. Uh, our ownership has committed to uh, allow more games to be played on an annual basis, on a global basis. Uh, we are excited about the fans' reaction, our media partners. Uh, I think this is uh, a great opportunity for the league. And we are committed to making it a global sport. We, we don't differ on that it's going to become a global sport because I agree with that. You send teams overseas somewhere, it's going to be unbelievably popular. I, we, we are in total agreement on that. And we have seen that already this year in Germany right. where they've expanded to. Obviously, it's been incredibly popular here in Mexico, the games that have taken place in Mexico, Mexico City. City. So much so, Joe Tooney, I saw all yeah. of the Spanish-speaking news stations coming up, speaks fluent Spanish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. NC State's very own should be very proud. I think he minored in Spanish at NC State. We walked by, we said, oh, my God, he is fully dialed in I, in Spanish the other way, which is great because the NFL does have a large contingent of fans down I, there. I called the last game in Mexico City packed. I mean, just how people love it out there, as you mentioned, Germany. It's going to be great. They will be able to be global in that in that way they made the announcement that uh specific teams can now market specifically yes. in certain franchises yes. around yes. the world in these different marketplaces and then that is kind of how they're going to decide what to, what what team gets to market certain areas when they have a game in that area that's the team they're going sure. to send where you and i i think disagree they will never have a team overseas, let alone a division overseas, because it's always talked about the closest would be, well, I mean, Mexico City, but London. London. And it's talked about with London. Jacksonville's been there all the time. Everybody thinks with Jackson. It's not, that's not going to happen. There is not going, the dealing you're going to have with the union about that. Oh, yeah. With, with, it is not going to happen. Games will happen overseas all the time, and that will increase. But I will, I, I, the AFC Western Europe, my, <laughs> <laughs> the NFC South America. I will say there is no way on God's oh, yeah. green earth that there will be an NFL team ever outside of uh, across the seas. I need you guys to clip that for me. Yes. Do Throw it. that in the vault right next to where dad said there's no way on God's green earth that Patrick Mahomes is going to lead the Kansas City Chiefs farther than Alex Smith coming in as a rookie. Did I say a God's green earth on, on that God's one? green. That was the origin did. of the God's yeah. green earth story right there. That I was did. the birthplace of that moment. So I want this cut and clipped because dad, you know this as well as I do about the NFL. You think it's going to happen. Dad, what is the one consistent truth about this league and the way that the ownership thinks about it? Some is great, more is better. Mike. This has always been a some is great, more is better league. There has never been enough for these people that sit in power. And at the end of the day, I appreciate the work the union does, but what have we seen the march over time slowly when the owners want something done bad enough, they get what they Baseball, want. Baseball, basketball, and hockey has way, I mean, from, from a national, international respect there, way more players internationally and they travel and play in places as well they don't have teams that are going to be and they have because players. they have leagues that are strong enough to support themselves in those other places the japanese baseball league is one of the best in the world we all watch the kbo during the pandemic right. there all are right. all these places True. where those sports are supported and have leagues in those areas the nfl does not have competitive leagues that operate outside of this country the that only, the only the time way. the nfl did it was nfl europe but sure. it was their minor league and they decided listen the expense of this 
you know, is, is not worth. That's why you're, everybody's hoping, or I, I certainly am, that the UFL, USFL and XFL merging uh, will, will be that minor league. But, no, not going to happen. Not ever, ever going to happen. Well, uh, we're going to continue to disagree there. The one thing that we can both say, though, and the other thing, we won't play the sound here, but Roger Goodell also talked about and was asked a bit, didn't really address as directly the streaming games that we're yeah. seeing become more consistent part of this. Uh, you, you're going to be able to stream the Super Bowl on Paramount Plus. It's obviously still going to air on CBS. And he said... 90% of our revenue still comes from television right. advertising. It's not going to be a game that's streamed in his lifetime. Those are Roger Goodell's words. Right. In his lifetime, the Super Bowl is not going to be a game that's on streaming. I've heard John Skipper on with Pablo Torre talk about he thought it would be pay-per-view right. at some point because people would still do it. But we're going to be getting more streaming games. Yes, we And are. Roger Goodell talked about, hey, we're meeting our fans where they are. You're going where organizations are willing to give you money for. They might think it's going there, but I think the streaming calculations are still more of an inexact science. But these companies all see value in that. They've got money to spend to the NFL because they're all trying to get the NFL's audience to migrate over there. And so it's going to keep happening. Amazon gave the B letter to the NFL. For the one billion. night. I mean, for, for one, one night. night. So, of course, it's going to go that way. I mean, there's no doubt it's going to go that way, and people are going to complain about it, yet the NFL is going to continue to make more money, and they're not going, again, they are not going to lose fans. They're just not. It, it, I haven't seen anything yet. Well, that's, that, the, that's the problem is they know they've got us. They know yes, we're addicted yes. to this game, so they don't actually have to care about what's good for you or what you want because in that case, I don't think this is a situation that necessarily serves fans in the way that they're trying to claim this line's pockets. Agreed, but people are going to do it, and they can make money, so they're like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's make some more money. You know, the owners, as I said, the owners, when you're in an owner's meeting, all you hear is wah, wah, wah until you mention the word money, and then they pay attention. And you know what else is going to make them a lot of money? What's that? The NFC Western Europe. No. Can't wait it. for it there. Stop it. it all leads Wrong. back to that. Wrong. We'll have the clip ready to go Wrong. for whenever you're willing to admit the error of your ways. Coming up next, let's get to how to handle the heart-pounding moments that come with your team being in the big game. It's a stress test for fans, players, coaches, and everybody alike. And we're going to help give you some answers for that next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik here. Plenty of beautiful shots around Las Vegas. The sun came out a little bit today for a while. That was cool. Wow. Fun to see here after yeah. the only four inches of rain that Las Vegas gets a year coming on <laughs> Sunday and Monday of Super Bowl week, as one would. Uh, we are brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. And, Dad, that's what we want to talk about here for a second. The big game comes with a lot of stress. Players, coaches, everybody involved, but also the fans. There's a lot that goes into what's in your chest during the big game when you're watching your team try and go out there and make it happen. And we want to help people be ready for these situations when they arise. And so to do that, we talk to an actual medical doctor about what can happen and how the big game affects the ticker in your chest. Take a listen. 
All right, rare is the opportunity where we get to make you all smarter listening, but we have that opportunity here right now. February is American Heart Month, and so for more to help us understand that, Dr. Steinbaum is joining us here on behalf of Bear, who is an official sponsor of Fans Hearts. They're spreading awareness uh, through their latest campaign here. So, Dr. Steinbaum, thank you for taking some time with us today. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. No, we appreciate you joining us. And we know as everyone's getting ready for the big game right now, as a sports fan, you go through a lot when you're watching a game yeah. here. And Bear is kind of helping fans understand that your chance of heart attack actually can double when your home team plays. So can you explain to us how the stress associated with sports fandom, especially during big moments when you're watching your home team play, can actually inc uh, contribute to an increased cardiovascular risk? You know, I think we all know what this feels like. I got to say, I'm I'm the mom of a soccer goalie. The ones I really feel the worst for are like your mother, you know, because <laughs> we're in it and the fans are in it, which is so awesome and so amazing and part of what makes it so great. But the reality is, you know what this feels like. Your heart rate goes up. You get a little short of breath. Your blood pressure goes up. That's the perfect setup for a heart attack. And unless you really know what your risk factors are, you don't really know if you're at risk for the worst thing that could happen during during that fan that fan day. Yeah, well, well, I guess, uh, and I'm with you as a father and a mother that watched our kids play sports, and my daughter did play soccer, and she was a goalie. So you're a mom watching your daughter play goalie, and your heart rate's going up. How? So when you're watching a game, what are some things that that you can do to try and and mitigate that a bit. I, I always think it's funny. The other parents look at me and they're like, the cardiologist having a heart attack here. You know, I'm pacing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's so real. And I do know what's happening. So the first thing to do is breathe. You got to just breathe. Get your blood pressure down. Stop hyperventilating. You know, all of these things are really important. Go to the other room for a second. Walk away. <laughs> you know, you, you have to realize... I hate to say it, you guys, I hate to say it. It's just a game <laughs> and and you're not playing it. You're watching it and you can cheer, huh. cheer on, but uh, it's not, it's, it's not worth the risk of having a heart attack. But I think what's important to know is you've got to have risk factors in order for this to happen. And things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, sedentary lifestyle, family history, smoking, all of these things are risk factors for heart disease. So you've got to know your risk. And that's really what we're talking about with Bayer is this education means everything. Education, a dose of perspective, and just stopping <laughs> to take a breath. All of these things, great sound advice from someone who certainly knows it. To learn more about your heart health, make sure you visit checkyourheartrisks.com and take the heart health risk assessment test there. Dr. Steinbaum, we can't thank you enough for this. Everyone should heed that sound advice. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I think the hardest advice to heed there is when she said it's just a game. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's difficult to do. And probably doesn't apply to this one. I would say not. And, and what she said actually about being the mom and watching her kid, that's, that was always the most stressful thing to me. It was never when I was playing. I mean, there are stressful moments that sure. we can talk about the players, but it was always watching you or Jake or Sydney do your thing because you have no control. You're just kind of watching, you know, and you're just hoping the best for your kid. Or on the field, you have control over what happens. I have control over getting my ass kicked. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> you can handle that yeah, business yeah. yourself. We were talking about that before. Stu Gotts was going to join us here off the top of the next hour about watching his daughter, Rachel plays right. lacrosse at yep. Northwestern and said she scored a couple of these goals and it was like nothing I'd ever imagined, nothing, nothing the Jets ever did for her. I was like, Stu Gotts, what have the Jets ever done for you that was good That's exactly in right. your lifetime that yeah. could possibly contain that? Very so true. It, it is very true. It's sound advice. And, Dad, it's a reminder, there's a lot of pressure that comes with this game. And as we start to look at the idea, it's the most cliche sports question in the world, but who is under the most pressure heading into this game? Uh, to me... Listen, Andy Reid has already closed the deal a couple of times. So is Mahomes, you know, so we, we understand the success that team has had. So I looked at the San Francisco side, and quite honestly, I look at a Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, the guys who put this team together as mm. it's time to get the payoff. 
right? I mean, they had the one – they've built an incredible team. They've had the one horrific moment of trading away assets to go up to pick Trey Lance, and that was a complete failure. Now, what, what softened that blow a little bit is you hit, hit money with Brock Purdy. Yeah, you had a nice Mr. Irrelevant. But it's time for everybody to keep saying – well, you're building a team. You're building a team. What a great team you've built. Which, by the way, real quickly, do you know that before Christian McCaffrey got on this team, Kyle Shanahan had a losing record? He had a losing record until Christian McCaffrey came on the scene was traded to this team. Yeah, they had been so, seasons where we'd seen injury right. really rob so, this team outside of those couple deep postseason So we runs. keep saying this is the most balanced team and the team with so much talent on it that and they haven't gotten the payoff they got went to one super bowl and they lost they lost in the last couple of uh, nfc championship games now they're back so to me it's these two guys who built this team have to get the payoff i was gonna say part of me looks more at john lynch because i don't know i look at kyle shanahan and i go yeah there's pressure but only so much he survived that swing and miss with trey lance he's shown hey he can get multiple quarterbacks to a super bowl in his tenure only a couple of years apart and he's such a renowned play caller he's always going to have a home in and around this league for John Lynch I only say that because the job's going to get a lot harder soon because while you guys paid Jimmy Garoppolo right it wasn't the earth-shattering kind of money Brock Purdy keeps this up you're probably gonna have to pony up yeah. a good little bit of cash for Brock I don't know what that's going to look like yet but we know how much that changes team building and the whole sell for this 49er squad has been you got all pros four deep on every side yeah. of the ball for the most part here that's not the world you get to live in on the other side of paying a quarterback if that happens and so I, I do think the team building standpoint for the 49ers almost has the most pressure because that's the one thing we haven't seen from this iteration is what you do when your hands are on the wheel and you've actually got to give a quarterback money who's not giving you a bargain. Well, yeah, I mean, because fans just look at the team this year while John and the management and the capologists have to be looking five yeah. years down the road of who we're going to have to pay, what basically the market value is for that, what kind of long-term deal to spread out and make the cap hit actually less than it needs to be. So you'll write that some work to do because you look at a team like Tampa Bay that got in trouble for that yeah. by bringing in Brady and just signing people to get the brass ring, which they did, but then they were in cap hell. All of a sudden, you got $85 million in dead money you're dealing with, and you're kind of revamping, which to me was even more impressive on them even making the playoffs this year the way they did because of the hole you can put yourself in while you're building a team, especially with great players like San Fran, then eventually you have to pay. Yeah, and, and I mean, the same could be said for the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, who, I know injury was a huge factor yeah. in that last year for them, too, but there was this thought of, oh, you had pushed so much in, and the 49ers, it was less sudden right those teams they were a couple of marquee trades there were big acquisitions that sacrificed picks in the future for the 49ers it really has been more of hey you have built this slow over time right hey you have not only acquired and drafted guys that are good but you brought in a Christian McCaffrey like that you went out and got a Trent Williams right. a few years back and so all these things coming to a head where you're at this point with your roster where you got to get it over the hump at some point because I'm with you for Andy Reid no real pressure Patrick Mahomes yeah you're getting into some interesting spot legacy wise right. where you compared to Tom Brady can certainly right. start to be something that adds pressure if that I'm sure him as a competitor is something that yes, fuels him yes. wanting to go out there right. and clear that kind of mark but I really do think the 49ers from that team building standpoint so however much you lump Kyle Shanahan into that who's got a big voice and certainly John Lynch that's going to go a long way in finding out what happens with this game coming up next though we want to take a look at some of what's going to go on on the field in this game the matchups that'll decide the outcomes we'll get to those next here on Gojo and Golik live from Las Vegas All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr. and Mike Golick Sr. We're presented by 1-800-Flowers.com, DraftKings' official flowers for Valentine's. Hoping to talk to Aaron Schatz, analytics expert over at FTN, creator of the Almanac, DVOA, so many of the great stats. He's been on with us a bunch before. He's great at looking at some of the finer tune points that are going to help win and lose this game for certain teams, Dad. You and I were just talking before we got on here about some of the injuries that are going to affect right. the outcome of this game. I talked to Joe Tooney, the Spanish speaker himself, last night at the Super Bowl. It doesn't sound like he's going to yeah. be a guy that's ready to go for them. Is Nick Allegretti, who was a big story in the AFC title game, probably going to get his number called again? I remember talking to Nick Allegretti last year yeah. in Arizona during pregame, that Sunday, the morning before the game, 
he was FaceTiming with his wife, who was in Chicago, giving birth to their twin girls. Oh, my God. That's what he was doing Sunday morning of the <laughs> Super Bowl. So he had the twin girls, and he was warming up for the game, and we were out there chatting about it. And he was just, like, still – he's like – he actually said to me, I, I, before the Super Bowl, he goes, you know what? Almost doesn't matter to me what happens in the Super Bowl, right? I got two twin girls at home, so it was very, very cool to talk to him. And now, you know, he gets uh, uh, now possibly, you know, like he did. You said he started last week or two weeks ago, and w looks like he's probably going to get the start in this game. Looks like he could probably be the guy. For more on the matchup that we're looking ahead to this weekend, here Aaron Schatz, kind enough to join us, Chief Analytics Officer over at FTN Fantasy. The Almanac before every season is the Bible that we all look forward <laughs> towards. Aaron, how's Radio Road? treating you so far it's been good once i figure out how to get here they put us in uh, one hotel and then this hotel is right next oh. to it next door theoretically but you have to wind <laughs> through nine gazillion slot machines and 137 restaurants to figure out how to get from one to the next but at least we don't have to go outside in the very weird las vegas rain yeah yeah it, it is definitely weird and like mike said they get four inches a year they got it all yesterday can we do something because oh yeah there's there's two terms that are the F word in the NFL. It's game manager and it's analytics. Yeah, seriously. So, so game manager, everybody's trying to, Mike says it has said game CEO. We've heard other things. And analytics, and I tr keep trying to tell people, analytics were around when I played in the dark ages. It was yeah. called information. Or quality I mean, control. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's information that you digest and then use how you right. want. But we've gotten such a hang-up with that word. I mean, if we just call it strategy, yeah. just call it game strategy yes. or roster strategy, because analytics also help teams you know, figure out their rosters. And a lot of teams use their analytics guys to analyze college kids and try to figure out what to do with like their later round draft picks. And it's just trying to use all the information you have to have a better yes. probability of winning the game. You just, you play to win the game, you wanna win the game, you need all the information you can get to win the game. And so I know it's become a little bit of a buzzword and a little bit of a negative thing. And certain coaches like, um, you know, Brandon Staley got known for analytics, and then he did that thing against uh, Vegas in the last game of the season a couple of years ago where he took that timeout at the end. Yeah, yeah. And it made Vegas, like, decide they didn't gonna go, weren't going to go for the tie. Right. That had nothing to do with analytics, like nothing right. at all to do with analytics. But people were like, oh, there you go, analytics guy taking the timeout, <laughs> right? Like, it, it, it's been so interesting because, Aaron, from your perspective, as someone that's obviously made their living around this for a while, how much more common is the use of this kind of analytics and strategy and team decision-making overall in the league? How much has that grown as a trend in-house oh for my some God, of these teams? It's a huge change, and there's really two things driving it. The first is the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 2017, right? Every time a team wins the Super Bowl, there's something about them that everybody wants to copy. And from the Eagles, what it was, was the use of analytics and being more aggressive on fourth down. Mm -hmm. The other is the next-gen stats, the mm. chips and the pads, and the amount that they can oh. do. The amount, it's like a fire hose of information coming at the analytics people who work for teams. Like, what we see on the outside is nothing comp compared to what the teams get as far as data, and you can learn all kinds of interesting things from that. And eventually, you're going to end up having the top college conferences do the chips and the pads, too. Mm. And then that's going to open up all kinds of ideas for scouting for the draft. Like, once you have Big Ten and SEC with, with the next-gen stats type stuff, you'll be able to see all kinds of interesting, you know, coverage stuff and how offensive linemen work that'll probably improve draft picks. So what are we looking at this game for analytics or information uh, that, that stands out to you in this one? I mean, first of all, the biggest problem with this game is figuring out just who the Kansas City Chiefs are on offense, mm. right? Are we looking at the season or are we looking at just the last couple games where their offense has been back to what we think of as the Chiefs offense? Or sure. do you want to look even longer term, right? Because you think, we should look at our priors of what we knew coming into this season, and we all agree. He wasn't the best quarterback in the league this year, but if you wanted a quarterback in the NFL for any game or for any year, you would take Patrick Mahomes right now, no matter whether he had an off year this year or not. So that's the first thing I think that matters. Here's the thing. San Francisco's offense this year was so efficient and so good. They were one of the top 10 offenses by my DVOA stats in the last 43 years. DVOA for people unfamiliar is? Defense adjusted, value over average, 
takes the success on every play, looks at the down and distance, compares it to a league average baseline adjusted for situation and opponent. The San Francisco offense was better than any of the Kansas City offenses except for 2018. Wow. So even if Kansas City's offense is back to normal, which would be like what they were the last couple of years, sure. they're still not as good as what the San Francisco offense has been this year, even with, let's acknowledge, Brock Purdy having occasional limitations when you compare, not when you compare him to his original draft position, sure. but when you compare him to Mahomes, right? Yes. Like, it's, I don't think it's a diss on Purdy to say Patrick Mahomes is better. But the offense is better for San Francisco. And the defenses are pretty equal. So Kansas City has a little bit of a special teams right. uh, advantage. Sure. But so that's why the numbers are sort of, that's why the odds makers favor San Francisco. Because the San Francisco offense has been so good this year. So what happened then with the San Francisco offense from the season to what we've seen in the postseason now, where for the first time that we've seen with a lot of this core, they've had to dig themselves out of some holes that they've yeah. made early in these games and find a way to win late. I think they just had a bad three quarters against Green Bay and a bad like one quarter. Okay. Against Detroit, you know, sometimes you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and it just happened. To, it just happened to happen sure. to them for a couple of uh, a weeks, right? Um, I think you still learn more from the larger sample, and the larger sample is the whole season, and they were awesome for the whole season. And obviously, look, the Chiefs have a really good defense, but you know they're going to try to pressure Purdy. They're going to try to blitz Purdy. And yeah, it's true that sometimes when he's under pressure, he gets a little crazy with where he wants to throw the ball, where it's kind of impossible. But for the most part, he was the number one quarterback in the league against blitzes this year, yeah. which is kind sure. of nuts, right? Yeah. But it's true. So would you say the same thing about the San Francisco defense that you would take the bigger sample size of the regular season? Because it's one of the biggest disparities we've ever seen in what they gave up on the ground during the regular yeah. season and what they've given up on the ground in the in the postseason. Yeah, they better hope I'm right about that larger sample <laughs> size. <laughs> and I will say Pacheco, like Pacheco got better in the second half of the season for Kansas City, but he really hasn't been good in the playoffs. Right. Like he went back to being not that great. Uh, in the playoffs, but yeah, the San Francisco run defense hasn't been as good the last few weeks. Like, if you ask me, like, who's good in this game, rather than telling you one of the teams, I'm just going to answer Pacheco and McCaffrey, because it's so clear that run defense is the weakness for both of these defenses that I think, you know, anal analytics people, we're, like, proud of being so pass-first all the time, yeah. and this is like, I'm like, run, run the ball. I don't know why Baltimore didn't run. Yeah, like, run sure. the ball. Jeez. Like, McCaffrey, it's been there's that kind be a of postseason overall, though. I feel yeah. like it's been a real rushing attack renaissance during most of this NFL playoffs. Except for Baltimore, yeah. which yeah. was <laughs> the great running team during the yeah. regular season. So what were they uh, thinking? No I idea. have no idea. Ravens no fans, idea. look away. Yeah. Yeah, look away from this. All right, Aaron, we got about a minute left here. Let's get your pick for the game here. What have you had circled on here once this came out? The Chiefs getting two points, the over under 47 and a half here. What did you like here? I like the over, even though I do think there's going to be a lot of running because the game is indoors and the offenses are so good. Um, I think I have to go with the sort of statistical chalk, which is picking San Francisco, even against the spread, very narrowly, but sure. to win by three or four points. It's not like if Mahomes and Andy Reid win another Super Bowl, it's not like we're going to be like, it's a huge upset. It's right. not right, right. a huge upset. It's a tiny upset, but it's still an upset. I, I think, think the, the upset, upset, 49ers are the favorite. I think the upset would be a blowout in this game. Yes, that, that would yeah, be the exactly. Upset. I think on either, on either, either side, side, although right. I will say both of these defenses are way better in the fourth quarter than the rest of the game. Very true. So whoever's behind in the fourth quarter is going to have a hard time coming back. At A Shots NFL on Twitter. Aaron, thanks so thanks, much. Aaron. We appreciate the time. Thanks for having me here.